Welcome to Builders Voices, in association with the Federation of Master Builders. Nick London founded N London Construction in 2004, in part named for the patch which has given him considerable success in his career as a high-end house builder. A former bricklayer, Nick studied construction management and is a strong advocate for quality and house building across the board. One way he does this is by being a member of the panel of the Home Builders Group at the Federation of Master Builders. He has also been known to be called in by building control to remedy the wrongs of substandard firms on housing schemes, so he has an interesting range of perspectives. Hi Nick, thanks for joining us on Builders Voices. Welcome. Um, First off, why did you decide to study construction management? Did you know much about the industry before you decided to do a course? Uh, yes, yeah, so effectively, um, I, I'm a bricklayer by trade. Right. I, you know, through City and Guild. So I then went on to do um, my advanced bricklaying course. And after that, it sort of progressed from there to H&C and then H&D. Um, but being married with three kids was quite hard. And that's why I decided to do a sort of part-time to advance my career further forward and learn more about the construction processes in other fields, etc. And and you were at South Bank University doing a construction management course. Yes, Is that right? correct. Yeah. Sort of one day, one evening at a time, being, uh, like I say, married with two kids, it was quite hard to... Uh, to keep Juggle. up yeah but, yeah it was a, yeah it was it was a difficult experience it was a good experience but a difficult one yeah because construction management is a is a demanding set of skills i guess and so you're dealing with suppliers um design yes everything yeah Every, basically everything when you're a when, when you're a contracts manager you basically take the project from right at the beginning meeting client right through to to the end of the finished product, if you like. Yeah, so it's stresses and strains along with that relative level of power and satisfaction. Well, yes. So there's a lot of stress involved, a lot of headaches. But yeah, there's quite a bit of satisfaction right at the end. So what was your first job after you graduated? I was employed by a company who was the main contractor for London Underground Limited. So after the King's Cross disaster, uh, they started to obviously upgrade all the all the stations with fireproofing, etc. Um, and I was employed as a an unusual role. It was a bit like a surveyor and fire inspector. So okay. it, it was to check that the works being carried out were done in accordance with the specification that LUL gave uh, and just double checking that they were doing the work as per, you know, the specification. Um, And I had three stations at the time. I remember doing Chris Cottage, Marylebone and St. John's Wood. Very high pressure, I guess. uh, But also you have to be quite diplomatic with people on, on site in that. 
that scenario. Well, you do have to be <laughs> diplomatic with people on site. Luckily enough, we didn't have to deal with the public because it's uh, engineering hours, so the stations were shut at the time. I think we started sort of 11 at night and finish at 4 in the morning. That, that was quite interesting, yeah. Learned quite a lot. Having done that course and gone into construction management, how do you think um, we could help to attract more young recruits into into construction management i think it's quite a popular starting point for some graduates now but do you think there's any more that we can do to attract them to house building citb were involved with some sort of ambassador scheme which i volunteered to be an ambassador um so it was really going around schools and talking to pupils about the construction industry and what jobs are available. It's not because everyone associates construction with, yeah, being a bricklayer or being a carpenter or, or a plumber or an electrician. Being out in the cold yeah. and wet, yes. Yeah. Um, but they don't realise there's a lot more to construction than meets the eye. Um, I mean, I don't know if, if you're aware, but the so the biggest employer in the country is construction and more, more vacancies than ever probably well yes there are a lot of vacancies and there's a lot of i mean obviously at the moment um there are a lot of trades required but there's also a lot of management required there's, there's a hell of a lot of companies looking for people to either be trained or or who have the qualifications to take over either be a contracts manager or a project manager or a site agent or, yeah. you know, quality control. There's so yeah. many aspects of construction that people don't really realise. Um, and I think in new build housing, people don't realise the amount of components that are required. Um, when you look at the fabric and materials of a building, um, so... To build one house, you need 100,000 components. But arguably, the, the industry doesn't do anywhere near enough to try and communicate this widely. The secondary schools is where you need to start. Um, you know, that their first year when they're looking at, or, you, you know, I think that's where you need to be at is secondary school and giving out information about all the careers that are available. Everyone's much more aware of sustainability now and, and, and increasingly what house building contributes to, you know, good and bad to uh, our overall footprint. So kids who are really engaged with that, they can actually do something very, very hands-on yeah. to impact it. Well, they can. And yeah, and obviously schools and secondary schools are very much at the forefront of um, CO2 emissions, mm. global warming, all that sort of thing. Um, but I think, like you say, is to try and get these kids to understand what they could do in construction and what the government's doing. I mean, obviously, we now have new regulations coming into force in 2025, which is not too far away. So you've got air source heat pumps or ground source, but I think it's mainly going to be air source. Um, unless you're out in the country somewhere, then you could probably do ground source. 
as a construction manager, it's never going to be an office job. Obviously, I, I run my own business and I am very much hands on. So when I uh, went through my bricklaying course, it was during the Thatcherite years when she introduced self-employment. So what happened then was is that everyone thought, yeah, great, let's get rid of everyone and we'll make everyone self-employed. So that's how I got into my own business because I was forced to become self-employed. Um, and it, it was then, right, okay, so everything was done on a price. Effectively, you became your own independent boss from day one. But it then <laughs> gradually grew from that into being a, a full-on construction company doing all sorts of extensions, lock inversions basements, all sorts of things. You know, I've been involved with so much. Hard to even remember half of it, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I can't actually, because a lot of people say, oh, do you remember doing this job or that job? And I say, no, <laughs> sorry. I, don't. I wonder if it was really kind of quite scary and then you suddenly realised the the huge benefits of not being tied to a organisation. Yeah, I, I think so. It was, and obviously gave you flexibility to, obviously I had yeah. kids at the time, so it was helpful. You know, I could knock off whatever time I wanted to go and pick kids up at school or drop them off at school and then go to site, etc. So it does have its benefits. It also has its downfall. You haven't got as much security. You obviously don't have a pension. You don't have health insurance. You don't, you know, all these sort of add-ons that you get from being... PAYE yep. employed by a big company has its benefit. So, yeah, there are pros and cons. And some people really need health insurance in construction, I guess. They end up damaging themselves and and it's not uh, uncommon. It's not uncommon at all. Did you quickly start bringing on people and, and not having to... To do all the work yourself yes so after after that you know as the company grew um i did start start taking on more people and then sort of took a back seat doing more project management and then uh, obviously being your own boss you're the you're the project manager and the construction manager and the buyer and uh you you, you become everything really and accountant yeah and, well, and you become you... the accountant you become absolutely everything yes so a lot of the guys that work for me sort of went on from there to, to have their own companies. And, you know, I, I still, I'm still in touch with a lot of them that now have guys working for them. So if I need a big team, I've got, I've got resources to go to. So that's quite good yeah. if you're training people. Call in favours from five exactly, years ago. Exactly, or 10 years ago or 20 <laughs> years ago, you know. Yeah. It, and you sort of end up with, sort of groups of teams that you can rely on yeah i guess that's more important than anything else it's especially as a, an sme which you are yes. aren't you, to to have a little a pool of reliable exactly people uh sorry how many people do you have now and, and so, do you are you more retrofit would you say well, than you build, or? i've oh. actually scaled down i've gone the opposite way because right um it was getting very i mean at one point we had uh, we were doing a lot of design and build. So I I had two architects, two QSs and two managers, which was costing me a fortune. 
so I scaled that back a few years ago, just before COVID actually hit. So now it's just me and whoever I need to get the job done, basically. So other subcontractors. It's it's pretty much private housing. We do do some um, sort of commercial work in the sense of uh, repairs and remedial works for uh, some surveyors who manage property. And we go and, and, and do some remedial works for them, yeah. And what do you enjoy most about running running the firm? You know what? I, I actually enjoy being involved with the client who wants to achieve something, whether it be a loft conversion, an extension, or, or they want a new house built. And and seeing that project through, making sure they get a quality job, and at the end of it, being proud of it, and the client being very happy with it. And then what's the most the difficult part? So the most difficult part now is getting the tradesmen's back in because everyone is so busy. Although I have a pool of people I can rely on, they are mm. also very busy because they can't find people. And there's a lot. It's partly post-COVID. Yes. Pent yeah. up. Pent up. Yeah. Down. And previous to that was Brexit because obviously all the guys left. Uh, went back to their their countries where they originated from. Yeah, so mainly Eastern European, yes. You kind of caught up a bit with, with different suppliers or yeah. are rather tradesmen? Well, tradesmen, yes, we've caught up. But again, yeah. a lot of the guys that, like Dave, that worked for me previously are still around because they're obviously still right. here and running their own businesses. They haven't gone back they've stayed do, do you really have a problem with balancing work and home uh and do you ever switch your phone off right <laughs> so i do have a good work-life balance now because i've scaled down um my phone doesn't go off at all no never, it yeah. never goes off it's, I... it's by my side in bed in case somebody it's, it's... <laughs> It's your other yeah, partner. Exactly, yeah, exactly. My other partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the phone never goes off. Never and you and work calls in the evening are not uncommon. They're not uncommon, but rare. Right. It's only yeah. if it's oh, only okay. if it's emergencies. But I think it's important to, to have something um else in life other than work. Yes. And what do you have any uh, particular hobbies apart from you know the wonders of family life? Um <laughs> yes, I do. I uh, I've practiced martial arts for a long time. So, oh, yeah. really? Um, Ever come in handy on the on site? Or? Uh, yeah, for a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. Let's not go there. But yeah, I mean, it, that, that's a good good stress relief. You forget about everything for a few hours. So I'm I've, I've actually been learning jiu-jitsu for the last seven years now. Um, which is very good when you get to my age, because uh, being a kickboxer dem demands something different from you. Um, so why did you join the FMB, and was this just with N London, and 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 what tangible benefits have you have you seen? I was approached by the FMB many years ago um, 
by the local representative at the time. I think it was Brian Tierney, I think his name was. He's got, I think he's gone now. And he said, you know, would you like to join? We've got these benefits, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you'll you be able to stand out from the rest as being more professional. Then they came and looked at all the work we did to make sure that we were uh, competent builders and provided quality work and spoke to the clients, et cetera. Yeah, so it's the, they did give it a bit of scrutiny. Oh, definitely, the, yeah. Um, you yeah, can't yeah. just mm. um, join up, you know, join up like checker trade. And think next week I've got the SMB coming to check some of my work. So every three years they go around checking all the, uh, making sure that the quality is still there. They're looking at the the finished product. Basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Because it, it, it harks back, as far as I can tell, to the old like master builder idea. Obviously, it's in the title, but you know, once upon a time, builders were the architects and the, and had all of that attention to detail. Yes, but you know, you'd expect from architects, correct? And some some builders, but you know, unfortunately, the reputation has been damaged by cowboys over the years. And, unfortunately, uh, yes, but then you know, I think a lot of the clients are to blame because they accept the lowest price without realizing that you know they may not be getting what yeah. they actually want but uh, there isn't a national um vetting organization and the, and the fmb is as close as you get isn't it yeah the, we are trying yeah we are trying at the fmb to try and find a way where builders get licensed just like um gas register or nic um, so you've got to be registered and, and qualified to be able to call yourself a builder. But at the moment, anyone can pick up a hammer and call themselves a builder. And I've also been on, on various projects where building control have asked me to go in and take over where they've actually stopped other builders working because they uh, call cause a collapse or uh, they've had to go in and support structures i mean my local building control um council have referred me to clients with problems in the past all my jobs are done with um local with labc effectively for whichever borough i'm dealing with you kind of know the territory yeah a little bit more yeah um, exactly I know it's a sort of open season kind of situation, isn't it? And uh, the FMB is really trying hard to introduce more more um, accreditation at the front end, but it's yes a, a big job. You know, going back to what you said about this is the the second no the the biggest industry with with yeah the NHS behind it, but uh, the idea of being able to have a you know a pass or a rather a, um, a qualification. To become a builder across that that industry that's grown up organically yeah. is is a is a almost impossible task, isn't it? But but we are pushing it in the right direction. We are pushing it in the right direction. I mean, obviously, yeah. a lot of the big companies do have you know you you have to have your CIS cards and you have to have certain training in various fields. Hmm. Um, so that that's quite good to get get the training required there. Um, but I think general builders who are working with the public, 
they also need to be controlled as well. Yeah. I think they need to be certified and registered and accountable. The FNB are pushing very hard um, to, to have some kind of legislation through government. Well, hopefully, eventually that will rise to the top of their agenda at the, uh, yeah. the Department for Leveling Up. But thank you for your, your brief insights and giving us a flavour of who you are and pushing quality as hard as you can as well. Thank you, Nick. All right. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.